maybe more accessible songs or the songs that you would recommend that people who have not listened to the album tackle first? Uh, I, I don't know if there is anything that I would say, like just listen to this single song. I would say listen to the album. I okay. think the, I think the eight minute tracks are a heavy investment to ask someone to listen to independently of the album, but those are the some of the shining stars on this album for me. Again, I think Chopper is an amazing song, and it's nine minutes and thirty two seconds long. It's it's a great song. I think Prisoner One and Two is an amazing song and tells a very important message. And that song is eight minutes and thirty two seconds. You say Thoughts and Lines is a great song. That song is six minutes and 32 seconds. If you yeah. can listen to Runaway and the second half of it is Kanye literally just yelling into a vocoder, yeah. you can listen to Lupe for nine minutes. Yeah, you're not wrong. Opinion. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you're going to invest that time, if you're going to invest nine minutes into listening to Lupe Fiasco, invest the rest of the hour and 10 minutes that you have left in the album after listening to That's one fair. song. Because it's not a lot of tracks on the album you know it's 16 tracks but the the album is still an hour and 19 minutes long like put the time in listen to the album it is a great album to listen to it is something that you deserve if you are a lupe fiasco fan you deserve to listen to this album and pay your respect to to what lupe was when he first landed that first one two punch and really show you know after what was it seven years from his first album or whatever it was almost 10 years actually i think it was um he can still he could still you know move he can still fight he can still box he can stand up and and make an album that is uh, has a fantastic message and also it pays respect to who he is with referencing again manga at different cultural references that you normally wouldn't get in hip hop, but showing the people who like, I grew up with a lot of people who listened to hip hop and loved anime, but that was never in hip hop. It was always about, you know, drugs or cars or chains or, or whatever that was until, you know, backpack rap made a comeback and you got the cool kids who came out with like golden, a pager and, and, you know, came out with BMX bikes and all that jazz. So people had something to identify with. And this is a return to that form in 2015 uh, for the people who loved Lupe Fiasco. And I think you're doing him a disservice by not listening to this album. I can't follow that up. Shane, Shane summarized that perfectly. Okay. So we'll uh, book, we'll bookend uh, Tetsuo and you then and move on to, to Drogas. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Cause if with that album, if you like you there is no one standout song that's why there really yeah. isn't any singles and if you do if you are going to listen to it you got to listen to the whole thing or yeah. don't bother just go to another album that has some singles <laughs> <laughs> um so that brings us to current stream lupe fiasco which uh he revisited the idea of doing a trilogy of albums uh again in 2017 uh and we're currently living in that trilogy with two of the three parts released um, he released the first album uh, called Drogas Wave, uh, it, sorry, Drogas Light, which came out in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just yeah. going to fact check myself here really quickly. Yep. I know that there was a, I know that there was a different title that he wanted to go with. Um, I'm trying to find out exactly what that title was. So just give me one second here. But he did talk about how it was going to be a refinement of lasers. So for those of you that did not like lasers. Drogas Light may not be for you, um, but it, uh, it, this is, I know that you mentioned Lasers was your favorite, uh, sorry, your least favorite uh, Lupe album, Shane. I don't like, or I, I find it very 
um, efforting to listen to, to Jorgas um, light. I think Jorgas wave is probably a more, uh, it's weird, but I think it's a more succinct record despite it being a, a much longer record. Cause I think it has a, a story that it wants to tell this album seems a little bit all over the place for me for being an album that's supposed to be part of a, of a three album concept. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like Lupe is at his best. Feels like he kind of delves into a lot of what made him maybe not as successful on Lasers. So I find it kind of interesting that he mentioned that it was going to be a refinement of it when it turns out that it, I think it reminds me of a lot of ways of, of Lasers. But I don't have much to really add on on Drogas Light. There's a couple singles on here that I liked when they came out. Pick up the phone. Um, I didn't mind listening to uh, Tranquilo with uh, with Rick Ross and and Big Crit and I don't really. There's nothing else on here that really kind of captures my attention. Um, there's not a lot of production from the from the art from the producers that he's worked with in the past. Um, we see a lot of, uh, of of kind of a vast variety. Soundtrack does come back and produce Jump with uh, Gizzle uh, and Promise as well as the intro. Um, but outside of that, kind of a who's who of producers. No needles, um, no prolific. None of the none of the artists that we've really heard contribute to maybe some of his more prominent works. Um, and yeah, it didn't seem like it was received very well as well. So exciting because I think that you know it kind of seemed like it was a potential realization of what he had set out to do with Loop End, um, but it it doesn't really sound like it was going to um, to maybe fulfill what we what we expected from that first trilogy that he had planned. I guess almost a decade prior to this album coming out. Another notable thing, he actually left Atlantic um, for this record, so this is his first album free of Atlantic records. He is now uh, being distributed by 30 Tigers and first and 15, which is his own record label. Um, but he is still, as I mentioned at the beginning, still in the stream of, of making these albums with a third part slated to be released at some point this year, whenever Steph, Steph Curry decides to leak it to us. <laughs> um, but yeah, your thoughts on Drogas like, cause I, I really don't have a lot here to, to mention. Um, it's not really something that stands out to me. It's, it's a little bit disappointing um, in my eyes, but if you guys have a different take, please. This, again, is Lupe Fiasco putting himself in a box to make a record to reflect the current time in hip-hop to me. You have Trap on here. You have Trap Lupe. You have Electro-Funk Lupe. You have Synth Lupe. But what you're missing is the true Lupe. Like, you're missing that. You Again, you have Big Crit, and I love Big Crit, and I love to High Dollar Signs. You have great features on this on this project. But... I'm not going to this album looking for a Lupe album. I'm this again is something where if you played these songs for me and told me like, yeah, this is going to be something that you're going to hear on like, you know, Shade Forty Five, or you're going to hear it on something that's like a hip hop centric uh, radio show that that I wouldn't necessarily go to to specific purpose go to Lupe like I do when I'm listening to Lupe music. This this album could hold up, but to me. This this is not a great Lupe album. This this to me is above Lasers, like for sure. Because I really, think, I I think it is above Lasers, and I think okay. it's above Lasers because you have actual important messaging still in this album, like NGL featuring Ty Dolla Sign. I think is a very important message, 
Uh, you also have Made in the USA, which is a huge uh, message and, and important and talks about, you know, the drug trade in the USA and how a lot of the internal issues in the USA come from inside there. So you're still getting that, but you're getting Lupe trying to fit himself in the framework created by the current landscape of hip hop instead of just him sticking to who he is and trusting like he did on Tetsu and youth that he can be his Lupe self in the same production style uh, coming into this. And I would, I would say like, for me, an example of that would be when Jay-Z came out with 444 or 444. I, I me not being a Jay-Z fan. And I know that's highly critical and it's up for, you know, it, it always gets me in shit. I'm just going to mute the rest of your participation. In yeah. The podcast after which this. is, it's okay. It's that's fine. Uh, I listen to 444 and I love that album. I love that project by Jay-Z because you have Jay-Z who's come back with traditional style producing on an album where it sounds like it's heavily sampled from actual like records like hip hop was founded on. So you have someone who's one of the originators of hip hop and comes back and, and does that style in a landscape that is no longer really accepting of that. And it stands above the rest. Lupe has that same opportunity to me, and and he doesn't take it here. Shane, you have to understand. Jay Z gave us Magna Carta to get the four four four, so he 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 had his Droga's light, his Droga's light, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, go ahead. Magna Carta, Holy Samsung. Yeah. <laughs> I I get that. Like I agree with that, and I mean, for me, you have you have a whiff on lasers. Then you have a foul ball on food and liquor. And then you have a base hit. Food and liquor part two. You have like a triple. Yeah, that's what I mean. You have okay. a triple on Tetsu and Youth. So you have someone standing on base. And then like you strike out on Drogus light. Like you you completely lose that momentum that you've built. So it's like, is Lupe only capable of doing albums in two album sets? Like he does two and then a dud and then two and then a dud. And then, you know, we'll touch on Drogus Wave in a sec. But is, is that kind of, you know, is that is that what the DNA of, of Lupe is for me? I don't know. I will, just to contextualize it really quickly, because this is, I think it's an important detail. Drogus Light is a compilation of sorts. It wasn't recorded as a, as a, as a record uh, in, in its completion. So like, this is a lot of stuff that was outtaken that was from the vaults. Um, that was put into a record in Drogas Light. So this is really meant as a precursor for what he wanted to do with Drogas Wave and with Skulls, if it's still going to be called Skulls. Um, but it really doesn't have a lot of new music on it. It's a lot of stuff that was recorded, I guess, at, at various points throughout his uh, contract with Atlantic. And it's more of a compilation album for unheard songs. The songs do sound complete, but they're definitely not A-level tier. I wouldn't even say that they're B-level tier Lupe Fiasco songs. To me... There are there are some important messages in here, but Shane, like I I, I kind of disagree with you on the lasers front because I do think songs like State Run Radio, All Black Everything, um, Beautiful Lasers, Till I Get There, like I do think that there is content on lasers in some ways. I think more substantially than there is on this album because um, there's always going to be a conscious underlying message in Lupe's music, but I do think that this whiffs even on that. Like it does talk about it, but like it's not. It never feels like he's he's 
it sounds like multiple ideas that he's just streamed into one album. When I read that it's it's a compilation of records that were created over like different periods of time throughout his career, that doesn't surprise me one bit because there is a lot of variety and there's not really a lot of consistency in what what we really hear from him here. Um, nor is there a lot of consistency in the features. He seems to be a little bit all over the place with, um, you know, Big Crits on a song, Ty Dolla Signs on another song, Rondo is on a song. I don't know who Rondo is. Uh, and then a bunch of other kind of who's who of artists that contribute, but there's really no consistency, I guess is the best way to put it. It just seems like it's kind of mashed together um, from a lot of different points of, uh, of time. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of this stuff was from lasers. Maybe some of the more conscious stuff that you mentioned, Shane, might have been even from the lasers era. I very much agree with Shane's take, though. And okay. I do feel like the not not with um lasers being the worst but in terms of this album i felt like it is very much lupe in trying to fit the times yeah i think if you were to give this album to a kid um that is in love with today's hip-hop they would be able to listen to this a lot easier than album like his first two albums i would probably say um, if they're big fans of hip hop today, i.e., I. the the little whatevers and uh, a lot of the ringtone rap, I just feel like you, this is a conscious rapper conforming to the sound of 2017 or the modern day, and you feel that with Ty Dolla Sign because who's one of the most heavy featured artists of our days these days ties all signs on everybody's record uh, and it very much felt like it felt modern but didn't feel like lupe mm-hmm. and i i would hate to say i i i don't agree with the stance of if you're releasing outtakes from other albums and compiling them and then releasing them as an album then it's an album like that's your choice to do that if they're from the archive and you're compiling them together, then it's an album. It doesn't have to be re- like recorded chronologically and released, but you're consciously making the effort to put them together and release them. He left Atlantic and released these albums together or these songs together as an album. So that yeah. to me is judged as an album. It's not judged as different outtakes from different projects that are, you know, then come out with a mixtape. That's fine. That is the basis of hip hop. If you don't have, if you don't want to make the album an album, it's definitely a mixtape. And if you're really, if you're doing it today in today's landscape, and you want to make the money off of it, you do it like Drake, and you just make sure you tell people, yeah, this is X, right? And I don't, I don't know if obviously Lupe doesn't have the the platform to announce what his projects are in the same manner, but I, it still very much carries like an album. Uh, I think. I you bring up a good point there, Kyle, with, with Drake. It's funny because More more Life was presented as a playlist, but because of its quality, I think a lot of people consider it an album, myself included. Well, <laughs> it's original uh, music. Like it, it, it doesn't sound like a playlist, you know what I'm saying? Much like the project he put out a few months ago, like the few a few months ago, it doesn't feel like a mixtape. It feels like a succinct piece of Drake work. So it's a bit short, but it does feel like a succinct piece of Drake work. It's not memorable or anything. Care like package that. you're referring to, right? Uh, no, no, no. Dark Lane demo tape. Oh right, he released another record. Jesus Christ, he was out a lot of songs. <laughs> and and I'm still a year behind. <laughs> and if you really think about it, like he put, I guess one of his biggest singles even though he knows he has an album coming out this year on that 
I guess, album, mixtape, whatever he wants to call it. But he very much says, this isn't the album that you guys are waiting for. This is just something to wet the beak. Very much how, I guess, coming from the school of Little Wayne, Wayne used to do with the Sorry for the Waits. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably sound more like a, a Lupe apologist than I should, but but I do. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I'm just, I'm obviously disappointed with the project. I think it's his worst album, but I do see what you're saying, Shane. You choose to stand behind that product, even if it's something like Lasers. He stood, he stood behind Lasers despite not being happy with it. Um, so yeah, it's still an album of his, but I guess for me, I, I do look at it and. I don't feel like it was a missed release just because it, it was something that I was okay with just kind of grazing over. I'm like, well, it doesn't really tell a story. It doesn't, I don't feel like I'm missing something out of the Lupe archives by not listening to this album. There's fan made mixtapes that had, you know, archived sessions that were never released that I prefer. Uh, I much rather prefer to listen to than, than Drogas light that had songs like the birds and the bees, which was produced by Kanye, which sampled the Beatles and, shining down and beaming a bunch of different records tilted a whole bunch of stuff that really never made any any significant albums or significant projects um so i mean it's definitely possible i think that he could have made a better uh record out of out of the works but i also yeah like he chose to stand behind this and release it as it was so just sucks that it wasn't maybe some of his more um, prominent leaked non-publicly released songs and that it turned out to be some stuff that doesn't really I don't know. It doesn't really add anything, I think, to, to his discography. Um, but that's really it. I mean, I don't have a standout here, really. I, I mean, I liked, like I said, I like Pick Up the Phone. Um, there's a couple songs on here I've gone back and listened to a couple times, like NGL, uh, Made in the USA, Shane, you called it out earlier. But outside of that, I'm not going back and listening to Drogas Light really anytime soon. I don't, think, I don't even think I'll listen to it. Um, when, when his new album comes out to complete the trilogy, I think it's just kind of, it's in their rear view already. And I don't think I'll be looking back anytime soon. Yeah. Same for you. Same for you guys. Yeah, I would say I'd agree. Okay. I, I'm, I may do it the service of listening to it as part of the trilogy, just okay. because I love music and, and just kind of seeing an artist's, I guess, journey or the, the path in which they wanted to take us on. But I'm definitely not listening to it in a vacuum or like if I'm doing whatever, it's definitely not going to be one of the things I put on for Mm -hmm. sure. So that leads us to his most recent album, which came out in September, 2018. Um, I, I really enjoyed listening to Drogas wave. Um, This is an album that I think is a lot more reflective of who Lupe is as an artist. It's a concept album. Um, the idea behind the project is that it's about a group of slaves on a slave shift on their way to, on their way to Africa, from the Africa to the West Indies, and they're thrown off the boat. They didn't die though. They stay alive and they lived under the sea and they dedicated their lives to sinking slave ships. So they became like a super underwater force against slavery. Um, and then that's really what he kind of sourced. That was really the, the, the idea behind this album. And then a couple months later, he interviewed with Complex and he was talking about, um, uh, the the word drogas comes from the Spanish word for drugs, um, and he made it an acronym which uh, which stands for "Don't ruin us," God said. So that's a lot more thought out. I think a lot more uh, consistent with what we've seen Lupe do. You know, with the cool, even with lasers to a certain extent before Atlantic bastardized it. Uh, but he <laughs> he does have a lot of 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 things to say on this album. This to me more so than Food and Liquor Part Two. 
needs to be listened to as a complete work. I don't think that there's a song that you can pick out. Even for me, if there's something that I said that, you know, it's, it's accessible, I don't think that there's an album or a song on this album that in any way, shape, or form stands out as a song that you can listen to without listening to the rest of the album. Um, it's made, produced by, and for the most part, f- features the same artists throughout the whole record. Nicky Jean appears on one, two, three, four, five, six songs on this album. Um, Damian Marley appears on it on a song soundtrack is back and handles the bulk of production on this album. He produces from what I can see, let's call it 10 songs on the album with Lupe credited as a co-producer on about the same amount of songs too. Um, Jake one is, is credited on here. Uh, Simon says is credited on here, Vaughn beats. So a lot of producers that Lupe has worked uh, with in the past, but soundtrack seems to be the person that, that, uh, really set the soundscape for this album. Sonically very consistent. Um, but it does require a very attentive ear to get the full, uh, part of this album, uh, or for the full, um, really context of this album out. And Shane, I alluded to it earlier. We listened to this on a two hour drive in, I think it was the countryside in Italy, and that was not the place to listen to this album whatsoever. Yeah. But going yeah. back and listening to it as part of this podcast, I appreciate it a lot more listening to what Lupe had to say. And, and I think, again, it, 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 it brings out the best in Lupe in some ways in that he's telling a story, but he's also doing so in a preachy way. He's really doing it in the same way that he um, told a story on the cool through characters and through, uh, you know, a story that he feels is very important that we hear. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really have any standouts or anything to really talk about here. It's really just a cohesive piece of work that you really have to listen to, to take away what, 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 whatever meaning you'd like to out of the story that he's telling. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about this record, Shane. I don't know if you had a chance to dive into it again as much as, as you would have liked to, but I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on it. Definitely not as much as I would have liked to. Um, I kind of listened to it today as I was driving, um, but like you said, this is something that deserves that respect, that listen, that sit down. And this is an al- this is a Lupe album. Again, yep. this this is an album you go to to listen to Lupe, like something where you're looking for te- content, you're looking for a narrative, you're looking for something deeper than just what you're going to get. Again, going back uh, to Kyle's conscientious rap you know that from what which he came you're kind of getting that in this in a, in a narrative that he's created where you can listen to it and picture it and picture it happening which i think is great and i think you're right the first time we listened to it in the italian countryside i was looking more so for like you know some uh some ital disco and we were listening to this and we're just like oh okay well maybe we should uh listen to something else because you know we we were wanted to take in the sights and feel great about ourselves uh and this is something that does not necessarily allow you to do that this is something that you focus on your yourself in the history and you know you reflect and, and it's so crucial in these times right now to do that it's so crucial to look back on the history of uh you know of of white america and white canada and obvious like blatant racism and privilege and, and look at those things and and reflect on them and this album isn't from this year and this album isn't from last year this album's from 2018 so if we would have just done that at a different point maybe we wouldn't have gotten here 
And I think that's kind of the effect that Lupe has. And like after going through all of these albums that have come out, I find that that is the 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 prevailing theme through this is like you have to listen. And it's not just you have to listen to Lupe. You have to listen in life to to really get the most out of everything. And that's what Drogas Wave is to me, is like you have to listen to the album to get that reflection, to get that understanding, to actually apply a realization to to your life that if you do that and you carry that out in other ways, you know, you're only going to become a better person. And, and I know that's super deep and, and sounds kind of cheesy when you're talking about music. But for me, it's something I really believe going back and listening through this catalog and, and really listening to the music is it's great to listen to music and it's great to take messages out of them, but it's more important to listen to each other and listen to different resources out there and really try and get the message that is being said and apply that to your life. So we don't end up in a scenario like we've ended up in right now. Just very quickly, Kyle, before I get your thoughts on this, there are two songs that I just kind of want to highlight here because while they aren't singles, they are definitely chained to what you brought up, like indicative of the times and relevant. Um, there's two songs on here that are featured. It's called uh, Jan- uh, Janila Forever. I hope I'm saying that right. Janila Forever and uh, Alan Forever. And both songs are basically alternate realities of two highly publicized deaths of um, of two young children, one of which was uh, Alan, um, Alan Curdy, who passed away uh, with his entire family. Um, traveling uh, by boat from Turkey to Greece uh, with his family. Um, They intended to head to Canada and uh, were assisted by smugglers, but the raft capsized in the waves and uh, all basically everybody on the, on the, um, on the boat died or on the raft died. And so this song is supposed to retell what his life might have been like had that not happened. And then Janila Watkins was a three month old baby that was shot. Um, I believe as she was being changed in a van by her father, um, and Lupe, or sorry, she was six months old. Um, and it happened in, in Chicago. So Lupe, obviously very close to home, being from Chicago, um, did the same thing. And he, he ma- really made this uh, song about the, the, the city's gun crisis uh, and cre- created an alternate reality that would be a story about what would have happened with her life had that tragedy not occurred. And I'm just going to very quickly draw it back to two things that Lupe talks about very early on in his career, very similar to what we talked about with Bitch Bad and Hurt Me Soul. I'm going to reference Hurt Me Soul again. The third verse of Hurt Me Soul is actually talking about migration and hoping that um, um, border uh, the borders basically don't shoot their um, boats down or don't you know catch them and then deport them back. Um, so a very similar concept, you know, almost ten years later, actually more than ten years later, coming back in this song, um, and then yeah, I, I just it seems like Lupe has these really underlying themes or these or these underlying messages that are timeless in that there's something that he talked about such a long time ago, such at such an early time in his career, but haven't changed and really haven't really seen much of a difference in the way that they're publicized or in the reality of what happens to these people. And Lupe again, brings it back uh, again on this album and talks about some of those similar crises that people are obviously still going through in, in all parts of the world. Um, and he does something similar to this on lasers as well in all black everything where he re-envisions um, 
what life would be like in America and everywhere had slaves not been brought over from Africa to the U.S. So he talks about Bill O'Reilly reading from the Quran at, at a funeral, um, and he talks about Eminem being a black rapper and and white rapper Fifty Cent. Like he very much goes deep into that idea of alternate reality, and he brings that same creativity back for these two songs. So I just thought it was worth mentioning that there is some consistency with some of the projects that he's done in the past and the way that he's approached some of these topics. Um, that's to your point, Kyle, his creativity has really never been something that's gone away. And I think that there's not, there's really no better evidence than those two kind of streams um, appearing again on Trogas wave, you know, over 10 years after those, those two albums where he first talked about this stuff came out. Well, I think, I think that's one of the beautiful things about Lupin. That's one of the things that I grew to appreciate taking this journey again, especially in today's times, being a black man, kind of going through going through this and not really seeing Lupe's message change because uh, for those that don't know, Chicago feels that plight. Like the black community in Chicago feels racism like I don't think any other city in America has really felt it. Um, to the point of, like, it almost feels like in Chicago, there's still very much segregation living and the opportunities aren't really given to them. I feel like that's why Lupe has kind of taken it upon himself to, um, I guess, be that prophet and, and share those stories. And I guess even him, even though he's, he's making an album around, uh, with a, with a fictitious, uh, story of, um, these African slaves it's very it's still very true to what what really happened and if those who don't know yes there were black pirates and they weren't looking for booty they were trying to save other black folks on these ships that were being taken to spain or wherever where a lot of these caribbean countries when they were under spanish and, and english rule it it that was a fear of a certain a lot of blacks in those areas. And I feel like did we don't get those stories. And I feel like I, I really appreciate Lupe for taking upon himself to always say that, me- like share that message because in hip hop where it's money, cash hoes, we don't always get that. And, and even in con- like, we don't even really have conscious rappers today outside of, Cole and J. Cole, and even they, they've found a, a clever way on how they're able to put their messages, being conscious within the everyday songs that folks would call a bop or a vibe or whatever word we're using to call music cool these days. I really find, I really do thank uh, artists like Lupe who do still carry I guess carry the torches for the commons and the talibs because it doesn't matter if it's 2006 or 2018. Unfortunately, the black co- in the black culture, a lot of our stories haven't changed. We're still hearing the same things happen. And for, I guess, Lupe to still kind of take it upon himself to, I guess, not make music for us to jan- dance or make music for the cookout. It, yeah, there's he took it upon himself to, hey, let me just make music to educate. Yes, it's entertainment, but there's a, there's a there's a bigger message here and he had he feels a responsibility on himself to I guess still tell these stories and that's one thing that I've grown to appreciate going back and taking in these Lupe albums that I didn't listen to, especially hearing them during these times and hearing how powerful these messages are. 
I, I agree wholeheartedly. Just really quick. I know a lot of people have been have been talking about how people are going back and posting specific um, like artists and, and stuff like that and stories to try and, you know, like to pimp a butterfly is a big one that people are posting now um, and going back and reflecting on the current state of affairs and, and what, what Kendrick was talking about. But I think going back and listening to all of this is like, man, I think you could go through the Lupe Fiasco catalog and choose almost an infinite number of songs to that would be relevant to some part of today, which is like super eye-opening. It's like, again, if we would have listened then, you know, maybe it would have been different. I mean, it wouldn't have fully been different, obviously, because it's systematically built into to what we're doing, but at least we would have would have had some, some other insight on it. I can't feel a feel, nigga. Pain, devious skill to make a strong will, nigga. Wayne, since a little nigga, hang with the killers and distributors of cane. They dismember as a swishes, then refill it with the chain. Then they tipped it and they lit it with a flame. Then they took a pull of killer to the brain. Like, you guys have any final thoughts? Um, on anything that I just mentioned or any of the albums or Lupe Fiasco in general, now's the time. Um, but until until the next time that we, we talk, uh, we're going to kind of stop talking about the music here for a few minutes. Um, and then we'll dive into a lot more detail on our, in our next podcast. Uh, so guys, closing thoughts, bookends, anything that we missed, anything that I mentioned that you feel like we need to talk about a little bit more, any music, any song that you that you that you feel that we kind of skimmed over. Um, now's your chance. I got nothing. I know the small fact about Lupe Fiasco is he loves Smucker's Jam. <laughs> I got that. He he also is a competitive Street Fighter player. He is, yeah. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that part. I didn't know about Smucker. I did not know that he was a big fan of Smucker's Jam, but who is not a fan of Smucker's Jam? <laughs> yeah, and apparently his mom was a professional chef. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, so there's a little uh there's a little uh, tidbit for you. I would um, love to do a quick fact on Lupe just cuz he's so like I feel like there's so many of those small things that you can kind of dive into and we just I mean there's just so much background that you can get into a little bit more detail, but you could probably spend an entire podcast yeah. on just talking about his little like nuances and little things that he's interested in that don't really appear in his music. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there you go. Eat smuckers. Oh. Yeah, I, I think I think for I think for me is if you did fall off of Lupe Fiasco for whatever reason it may be, um you can't question the bars. The bars are still there. So if if that's what you're thinking, if you think I don't want to go back cuz the rap isn't going to be quite the same, actually you might even be a better storyteller. But you're not going to get the same production you did early in his career. And he doesn't care if you like him or not, it feels like. So just, I guess if you, if you're looking for a message, if you want to use music as a medium to educate yourself in today's time, Lupe is a very palatable way to palatable way to do so. I agree. So that 
is our uh, our intro to Lupe Fiasco. If you guys have anything that you want to uh, to hear us talk about or tackle a little bit more in depth, um, we're open to any suggestions, any questions. Um, we're going to spend, I mean, I'd love to spend another two hours talking about the deep dive, but this is quite a, a meaty podcast. Uh, but we'll do our, our, we'll do our best to kind of be a little bit more concise on the next one where we deep dive into some of the stuff that we didn't get a chance to talk about today. Um, we will have a playlist up. So Kyle, myself and Shane will put together some of the tracks that we talked about today. Um, some of the singles, some of the, 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 the more palatable songs to kind of be able to jump into his, his discography. And then we will have a deep dive playlist, which will include some deeper cuts, maybe some features that you're not aware of, and maybe some more, um, involved, uh, maybe some of his nine minute songs, uh, on the, uh, on the deep dive playlist. So expect that when we publish our deep dive podcast, um, but our intro to should be up, uh, at the time that you hear this. So check it out on Spotify, Apple music. And you can check us out on uh, on wherever you hear your podcasts um, for the next edition of our deep dive. Kyle, thanks again so much for joining us. We'll thanks hear for we'll hear from you again, obviously on the on the deep dive that we do in the in the near future. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you. Um, we're probably going to do a couple more of these with some other artists, so I'd love I'd love for you to join those as well. If there's anybody you want us to talk about, then let me know uh, or let Shay know, and we can definitely uh, do some research and some listening to their discographies. Yeah, and we'll and definitely look at some, and, and well, we'll see what you guys have on the docket. And I'm ve- like, hey, this was a lot of fun. I, I very much enjoyed this. Yeah, it was great. Probably check. I refell in love with Lupe because of this. Yeah, <laughs> for real, for real. I'm surprised, man. I didn't expect that. Hopefully, we tackle somebody that doesn't have ten albums next time. Because I realized when we did the uh, the Bon Iver, we only had four albums to cover, but this is a lot more, uh, this is a lot beefier, especially when some of these albums are 30 plus songs. Yeah. Um, Shane, thanks for joining as well. Obviously you can hear Shane and myself on the, on the slice podcast on a week by week basis. We will have a new episode uh, coming out, um, the week after you hear this going back to myself, Gabby and Shane. Um, but yes, look out for more intro twos and deep dives and, uh, check us out on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Um, And as always, guys, it has been a slice. Hey, everyone. This is Dan Ortega, one of the hosts of the Slice Podcast. Thank you again for listening to our intro to to Lupe Fiasco. I just wanted to take a moment to add a few amendments and some footnotes to some of what we mentioned on this podcast since much has changed since recording it a few months back. Lupe Fiasco has actually released a new EP since we recorded this, which we recommend checking out. It features some collaborations with Virgil Abloh of Off-White fame and uh, some great tracks on there that he produced with somebody I believe he was working with uh, over Twitter or over some form of social media. So definitely check it out. Uh, It is a great project. It is very brief, uh, and I believe it was recorded during quarantine. So uh, a great project to check out if you are looking for new Lupe Fiasco music to listen to, to hold you over until Steph Curry hopefully leaks um, Skulls or whatever uh, phase three of the Drogas trilogy is. Steph, we're still waiting on you. We also wanted to take a moment just to add a few amendments. We have actually decided to not record a follow-up podcast uh, at this time for Lupe Fiasco since we actually talked quite in-depth about all of his albums, um, a little bit more so than we had anticipated when we first recorded the intro too. So hang tight. 
We may still come back to Lube Fiasco at some point in the future, but don't expect a uh, follow-up podcast anytime in the immediate future, even though we alluded to it on the podcast. And finally, one more amendment. I mentioned, I believe, that Drogas Wave had 30-plus songs on it, so there are a few times throughout the podcast I was incorrect in naming some of the uh, lengths of the albums. Um, so just be mindful of the fact that you may be listening to a very, very... Uh, short version of Drogas Wave compared to what I thought I had listened to going into this. Um, some of those tracks are uh, are still long, but the album itself is uh, much shorter than I originally stated. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up so nobody thought that they were missing out on a um, larger Drogas Wave than what is actually available. Thanks again for checking us out. Check us out on social media at the Slice TO on all forms of social media. We'll be back next week with a new episode with uh, myself, Shane, and Gabby. Thanks again, Kyle, for joining us. If you're listening to this, 